Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Al, the Bitcoin bull gore. <laughs> That's a year old. Bitcoin is not Sting. good right now. It's all right. It's just, it's not doing it. It's anything. hanging out. Yeah. Flatlining. Yeah. I've been watching the, uh, getting alerts about the stock market. Are you excited? Are you scared? Are you nervous? What's going on? 500 down. 500 down. And then all of a sudden, by the time that I actually look, oh, it corrected itself. It's back. It's only like. Yeah. People freak out. Yep. And then year over year, it's about the same where where it was last year. Yeah. But even if it goes down by like a couple thousand points, people are going to freak out. It's going to be the biggest crash ever. And, but what they don't know is that's what they're going to say a couple of, you know, 2000 points is just like two years ago where the economy was doing fine. And also that this market cap, what they're saying, like the market lost $8 billion. How they calculate that is, Hey, you have a land stock. It's called land psycho. That awesome. Greatest. Yep. Uh, Last year I paid 10 bucks for it. Right. So, and you had 10 of them. So it's worth a hundred. Now I'm paying a hundred dollars for each one. So now it's worth a thousand. But that's what, that doesn't actually mean, that just means like what one guy paid for the new stock. Actually, so let's say I only bought one at 100, right? The rest were bought at, at 10, right? So when it goes down, you know, to like, oh, now it's only worth 80. Only the guy that bought it at the high loss, the rest of the people that are bought still it lower up. are totally fine. Did nothing. It was just their little bank account. They thought that it went up, but then it went down a little bit. It, was, it wasn't real because they're valuing the whole market cap based on the last guy that bought it. And they said, the whole market cap is worth whatever the last guy paid for it. Right, because that's because that's the spot price, right? And that's then the they multiply, price. Yeah. 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 If everyone sold instantly, they all wouldn't sell for that price. Sounds like funny money. I don't know why we got off on this. It <laughs> <laughs> was a Bitcoin. Yeah, as a Bitcoin. So hey, we haven't talked too much about it uh, because you were out uh, out of pocket last week. You were at uh, you were not at as a on, conference on a podcast. Yep, yeah. you were at a you were at a conference that we decided to skip the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but I was. But not only that, but I was. Uh, I did the podcast <laughs> last week with my wife because yes. we did our open house because we uh, we got selected to be on the modern, Boulder Modern Home Tour. Yeah. So I, I wanted to catch you up a little bit on that. Please do. And a little fun story, and I hope it inspires everybody else uh, listening to the podcast. So if you go back to episode zero and one, right around there, you'll hear uh, you'll hear the story, and I'm sure everybody who's listened this up to this point, which will be episode eighty two, have already listened to that. But as a refresher. We started. We started this firm in the Great Recession, right in in the in the heart of it. Uh, there was there was nobody was hiring, so Alex and I managed to find some work and, and get it done. Right. Um, so I was laid off by a by a by a couple of architects who were great. They uh, they won Young Architect of the of the, Arch- of the Year award. Alex Alex was hired by um, Daniel Liebskin only to be laid off. We literally watched people stream out from uh, the Wall Street uh, building. In New York City, with with all their stuff and their belongings, um, ready to get eaten by wolves because that's who was ruling the world at that point. Right? Yeah, yeah. So then it was poor little Al. Walk it, it out, poor little Al. Yeah. So we were we were all devastated. But we started our firm um, from nothing, right? And I mean, we literally, we literally had Craigslist ads up 
uh, about how to get work. And so from scratch, when Al first moved down to Longmont, he had uh, he lived in the apartment kitty corner of mine. He had no furniture, and I mean that literally no furniture. He had a trunk, right? A trunk full I had of a stuff trunk from my parents and a lawn uh, chair. Well, no, it was a foldable baseball chair, which means lawn chair. So I would classify that as furniture. So I feel like I did have furniture. Okay, so Al had two pieces of furniture. <laughs> and at that point, he was also, he thought he was a good cook. Al was a terrible cook. Now he has a wife. Have... Now he has a wife, oh, so she, she makes up good. for both of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry for him. I didn't even have a TV until one of our friends visited like yeah. six months later. I was like, Shout out maybe Matt Perry. I should have a TV. Yep. Yep. And then I think you got a couch that weekend too or something. No, nope. I, nope. I okay. bought a second foldable chair a second foldable chair because this man is luxury so i'm telling <laughs> you guys literally just nine years ago you can't not even him. eight years ago actually because al moved in may i believe it was may or june right around then of um 2019 of 20 oh, oh, 2000, 2009 2010 mm-mm, 2010 ah so just eight years ago that's where Al Gore is, right? Now he's Bachelor Luxury. Back in Bachelor That's the official term, Bachelor Luxury. <laughs> Hashtag it. It's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Start an Instagram account, you'll go viral, Al. It'll be great. So uh that's where we started from. And since then, since then, uh Al has Al bought his first house. Uh, sort of flipped it because I think you did do some improvements, right? I did. I did the same thing. We made a little bit of money. Al moved net now into the neighborhood that is his dream neighborhood. America. He call, exactly. He calls it. It's Amer- It's literally America. Yeah. <laughs> Al Lance did the same thing. Uh, it remarried his wonderful wife. and uh, Well, not for a second time, but for the first time with her. And then moved in and built his own house, which was then on the Boulder Modern Home Tour. So that's yep. why I'm bringing this thing full circle today. Al. So I, I like that. One, um, it's a great neighborhood, but it's like America asterisk because it's still in Boulder County. And oh, Boulder County true. is the Republic of Boulder. That's true. Yeah, so mine is America asterisk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I'm, I live. I don't live in the city. I live in the, yep. in the country. And to be clear, so Lance designed and built his house so that's why it's on the boulder tour i just bought a house in america in, in america no asterisks yes it's actually it is actually official after it there's a little in brackets america official yeah is where he lives we have anyway bucks. my point with this is it was hilarious so we had about 100 people come through the house it was a really good experience uh and i recommend if, if anybody if any architect or even just business person is listening to this and they have they have their they have the opportunity put your house on you get, try to get your house on one of these tours. It's fantastic. You meet a ton of people. They're all higher cap. They're all very high caliber people. So when I by that I mean like their incomes were all per person above seventy five k. This is what the organizer told us. They also are like art and architecture uh, geeks and nerds and aficionados. So that they they like they appreciated you know all, all of the work and everything like that. It was a good. T- it was a good thing to for. It was a good thing to do just as like sort of a mixer in your house to meet more people, hand out cards, um, and get your name out there, right? Plus, plus we can say I even added to the resume, uh, like selected. You know, F nine is selected for on the Boulder has select work on the Boulder Modern House tour. But the coolest part about it was is. The same architect who laid me off in two thousand in two thousand nine. You're fired, Lance. <laughs> You're fired, Lance Psycho. Due to, due to economic reasons, well, I don't believe it was performance. Yeah. Um, You're on the verge of getting fired every day. I know every day at F nine as a W four employee. Uh, I am we're about like two hours left in, in, into the tour. Maybe like in the last hour actually of the tour. Right. We're, so we're, me and my wife are 
glad handing and talking to people and schmoozing them up and everything. And I see him walk up to the steps and I thought, how serendipitous is this? Yeah. How awesome is this? So I went up and, and, and shook his hand and we, you know, we, we're, we're friendly and everything and it's all good. Oh, we've talked to him afterwards. Multiple times. I've had, I've had beers with him and everything. Um, but I got, to go, I got to walk up and say, hey, I'm Lance Psycho, internationally award-winning architect. Welcome to my, welcome to my home. <laughs> Did you shake his head or laugh? Or he what? laughed. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other cool part was then we then we started then we shot the shot the breeze a little bit because we had these pamphlets up and we showed them uh, we were showing I was showing the development um, and and people like you know that was like my graphic for like here's Lance's resume type of thing I haven't even showed you these they were, oh, cool, they were pretty cool, cool. and so if we ever do what one, did you think about the development or. He was just like, that's amazing. He's like, that's amazing. He's like, good for you. This is awesome. You know, yeah, just, great. Like, just like impressed um, and all that kind of stuff. So my point with that story is, guys, keep your head up. All right. And there's going to be another recession. If, if, you're, in a, if you're just working for a, another architect right now, something there's going to be another downturn. Can't, can't avoid it. When, if you do get laid off, and, and, and hopefully it's not because of performance. Hopefully, uh, I hope you don't get laid off. But if you do, you know, it, it's because of monetary reasons and it just is what it is. Keep your head up and try to fo- follow fundamentals and don't ever lose sight of just every day you're pushing a boulder up a mountain yep. and you will get there. And as long as you are, as long as you are doing repetitive, repetitive things that are moving your, you and your life in, in a profession, in a positive professional direction, I'm telling you, it all comes full circle. It's awesome. And then also, so we're just one small, tiny little pa- podcast in this world of media I don't know how much people can influence this, but let's say that the stock market goes down and you're going to hear panics all, all crazy. If it isn't a fundamental correction, meaning in something like it was during recession. So they were lending out funny money for houses. Funny money. They're not lending out funny money for houses right now. They're they're not, on, they just, there was an article last week that said they're going to start doing it again. Of course they will. <laughs> of course they will. But, but I got to find that. But yeah, keep yep. going. And then also, they like here's another fundamental one that's huge: is um, college costs are going up. Well, right now, people can pay for it. They might not be able to pay for it in the future, um, but honestly, the government bought all those, and they just make up funny money, anyways. What I'm trying to say is, I hope that it's not just you know you see the stock market go down and everyone panics. Like that is not. Real. real measurement. It's not a real measurement. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So, yeah. So, ho- hopefully, if the stock market goes down, people still, hey, you know, people still have jobs, still doing stuff. Your your retirement funding maybe went down for a little bit, but hopefully that's it. Yeah. Pain is temporary. How about that? You get laid off, pain is temporarily. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, you keep moving ahead every day, one foot in front of the other. And you do fundamental things correctly, mm-hmm. and, you, and you keep you keep a positive attitude, and you do good work. Good things are going to come to you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, we have a listener question. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, listener question from, came in from last week. Uh, we were going to address it last week, but my one, my wife's uh, candy voice was on the episode on the podcast instead, filling in for Al. She got paid all of Al's paycheck as a result. I thought you were going to double it, so I'm <laughs> glad that you didn't. <laughs> all right. Here's the question. I was approached by a contractor to design a prefabricated home, something he would be fabricating in his shop. He's starting his own company for this as well as he's looking to get into prefabs as opposed to custom homes. I'm wondering if you have any insight on the process for the designer if you've had any similar projects in the past. 
I know you've designed and built your own Atlas Tiny House, but you but have you done a design for only a project like this? I'm curious about the best approach. If I should patent the design to enforce royalties or write up a contract that de- details a certain percentage on each resale, so I can essentially charge less up front but collect the more product is sold. I plan on being involved in the whole process, the construction, marketing, and client customization of each prefab. So I will be negotiating that compensation with him. But my hang-up is, if I'm only involved with the initial design, what can I bring to the table, or what processes would you suggest I use to ensure I'm compensated for the design that the contractor can easily reproduce infinitely? In this case, we've already spoke about a partnership in the new prefab company, as it's the contractor's first venture into this as well. We also have a great relationship, and I expect to be heavily involved in the process, but I'm wondering, in a general case, is there anything I can do to essentially not get financially undercut in this process if other contractors come to me and want only the design done, and that's it? It depends, and it's a great question, and I think that there's... I don't think I'm going to say something that people likes. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I think the only way for you to be compensated well is that if you join a partnership and if they agree that that partnership is worth some sort of stake that then you get proceeds from. Now, is the product that you are making, that you are designing, is it a product, meaning a commodity, or is it art, right? So think about right now. Uh, we've, if you design a product some, for someone, a lot of times you don't get money per every one that they make. Car designers, do car designers get a cut per car That's that a great rolls point. off? Absolutely not. Is it also artistic? Is a new Porsche artistic? Yeah. Absolutely. New, and, and, and to answer his first question, we have done that. So there was a tiny house builder who came to us this last year and we worked on a, end of last year, beginning of this year, worked yep. on it and finished it for him. It's cool. They're going to replicate it. We had no discussions about um, a, a fee, right? Based on if they're going to build new ones. Yep. So then, if you are in that product slash commodity item, how do you get? And if you realize I'm not going to get paid per one, how do you get paid fairly? Now, are you so good that you're one of the top designers in the world so that Porsche is going to pay you two hundred thousand dollars to start head their design studio, right? Or are you designing for Ford? Not, you know, Fords are great cars, whatever, and they just need a regular designer for, you know, who knows, they make an average $100,000 salary, blah, blah, blah. You're, you know, which, which one are you in? So, like, what product are you designing? Is this the, are you so good at, you know, your prefab things that, like, only you can do it, only you know how to put it out? Or are you making a commodity where someone else could do it? So as a business owner, I'd say, hey, that's great. I really like you, Lance. You're, you're a good designer. But I'm not designing a Lance Psycho doomsday house. I could go and get Al Gore. <laughs> you know, like there's competition. Now, so that's the first thing to figure out. And then two, okay, if you're of the hang-up, I'm an architect, thus I'm an artist. I'm an artist, so I should get paid like an artist for everyone. Hmm, Maybe. Maybe because some artists are on Spotify and they make 0.001 cents, you know, per whatever. And then sometimes you want that artist to to be on your commercial and you have to pay them $50,000. I would say there's different words for different re- reasons. And 
I would say you're more on the product side than anything. So you either need to be a part of the business and then and then come to a negotiation about how much that works. And, and if you're doing other things, yes, you know, now you can help out because you're in sales and all that. So you either join that business and become a partner or you start singing songs and selling them. <laughs> okay, that's the one. That's a, that's how you could put it. Yeah, I, I would agree with Al. You have to be. You need to do more. You need to be more than a designer. I'm sorry. Like if if you if you want a bigger piece of the pie, you got you gotta you gotta. And and it sounds like you could you will be if you're gonna do if you're gonna be involved in the construction, the marketing, and the client customization of each each prefab. I think you have to basically get. You have to. At the end of the day, you, you're gonna have to. The, the The reason why people partner up is because in a good partnership is why Alex and I are partners is because what we lack, one of our strengths is what the other one is what people have, you know, maybe Al lacks or I lack and therefore you make a better team and therefore you, I am valuable to Al for X, Y, and Z and he's valued to me for X, Y, and Z. So there's a give and take. So the same thing, you have to present yourself in that sort of way. And it sounds like you probably already are because maybe the contractor obviously isn't a designer, right? He's also not like a marketing person, right? And then maybe you sort of meet in the middle with, you can learn, like, here you go. Can you learn how to construct it? But could he learn how to design? Probably not. So maybe you always have like an advantage, you know, in, in that way. But, and, and maybe don't now, sell and I don't yourself, mean that in a bad way. Don't sell yourself short either. Maybe, you know, think about it from his perspective. Right now it feels like he has all the cards. But maybe you need to put yourself in the position of, oh, what if he's just constructing it? And then I'm designing and selling it. That seems pretty 50-50. You know, like what if all he's doing is constructing it and I'm doing all the updates, all the design, you know, manage. So maybe you, yeah, just have to take on more responsibility. Um, Or else it's literally going to be, I I just don't see people can fish out if they're not, if they're paying something and they're not getting value for it. So like, here's the other way to do it is that, Okay, you get paid such a good fee the first time that it's pretty much perfect, right? But if you get paid, you know, or you get paid a medium fee and then you get royalties, well, if they're cranking these out and they're like, oh, we're paying you 200, 500 bucks per one and like it hasn't changed and like I felt like you already got your money, like why am I still paying this person? It doesn't make sense unless they paid you nothing in, to begin with. Like you're not going to get paid more than what value you bring. And design, one design for a commodity product isn't worth a huge ro- a royalty for forever. And I th- exactly, and I think I think the quicker uh, designers come to that, just swallow that pill, that yeah. truth pill, and face it, then the the better off you are, and and you, you can pivot and understand how to, how where your real value is, and and then how you can gain more value. There was a we I we so the, the only rela- the other relating story where I could tell about this is that I don't know if you've experienced this out but I've had <clears throat> so we do we do drawings for a lot of builders and developers who do repeat products right so like repeat houses and I've had several of them tell me hey make sure that hey are, do you have a repeat design fee and I go what do you mean by that and they're like well let's say we don't change anything and we build another house two blocks away same one that you designed for me do you have a repeat fee for that? And I go, what are you talking about? Literally, like they had to educate me. They're like, well, other architects say it's going to cost me 500 bucks to use it. Yeah. And I say, well, if, I, if I'm stamping it, sure. If I'm somehow required to stamp a, a single family look house. Look over it, coordinate with the, yeah. yeah exactly. I'm going to charge you a fee. But if I don't even have to look at it, 
and I'm not stamping it? Nope, not really. That's your it's your product. You're building it. And essentially, you know, it, it's gonna everything's gonna land on on you. Yeah. So that's been the the this, and then they have you know, I can tell in those discussions with those builders and those developers when I say there is no repeat fee. Obviously, we're doing business with them. So, what do you, what you know? Well, it, it, they they don't like that repeat fee because they go, "Well, you're not even doing anything. Why am I giving you more money?" Well, exactly. I, I think a lot of people are going to push back or, or yelling into their their phones or their cars right now. You can't, <laughs> right? But but he, here's the difference: is that we realize we um, are acknowledging reality. So, bigger home builders, like bigger ones than than we even work with, have an internal staff or they hire an architecture firm, but a lot of times they have an internal staff that's, you know, designing these and it's just a, a salary, you know, whatever. If you were good enough on that staff where you could then say, Hey, not only am I doing designs, but these designs are bringing you more money. So thus I'm, you know, like I can be part of a partnership. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could climb up that ladder, but basically we are doing for smaller builders, what bigger builders can do. So we're providing a value for them and how, how this works out. Because again, think about it. You'll get paid what you are valued. So when they send over a change or say, I want to make this similar, you know, we never talk fees. We just bill them hourly. Yep. We bill them fairly. Yep. And I've never had a problem with it. Another big builder that we needed something from them and you know who I'm talking about. They're like, yeah, sure. I'll sign on that line for you guys because, you know, we give them value. So they, they, and they it, give it and back. Yeah, the trust has been built. Yeah. For sure, the trust has been built. So our way isn't the only way, but honestly, reality is reality, and and that's a stark one you got to deal with. Reality, yeah. I just, I just, I just want, I just want architects and designers to uh, anybody who is of those of those kind of that trade, those kind of trades or related trades, to just face reality when it comes to. Sure, design is valuable, very, very valuable. Obviously, you know you can win awards with it, and then get more media and press. All that kind of good stuff, but at the end of the day, just facing the reality of like how you can actually uh, be, how you can show value. I, I don't think it's in. I'm gonna just because I designed something for you, then I'm gonna get paid. Yeah, know, for repeating it. How about? So here's another thing too. Again, flip it on its head because I feel like a lot of times it's a developer coming to an architect that doesn't want to pay. There's no reason why you can't try to do the opposite. Hey, I know these lots. I can make designs for them. It can show this X return. Um, you can even partner with a construction guy that doesn't have the time to do that, right? But he gives you credibility that, yes, I can build those designs. Then you need to work your market to get a you know someone to finance you. But now all of a sudden you've then created that rather than being the one that's being come to you're the one that goes to people just that switch yep you come into them with the idea yep immediately puts you on yep. that other and then the contractor's wondering like am i a partner what do i have to do exactly to get that's a great that i think that's a beautiful point yeah for sure for sure so it's just like when we can you know we amazon if you're listening we <laughs> had we had we had an idea about a giant skyscraper literally north america's tallest yeah come on come on play ball we'll do it <laughs> okay so, hey, that's so funny that uh, Nick from Nick Reads sometimes asks for book suggestions and he listens on Audible, which Audible is an Amazon company. Audible is great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like we're giving too. free publicity here. Mm-hmm. So I've been on a tear 
listening to these business books. Good. And I've been listening to them at like 1.75 to like 2. And I've just been flying through them. I'm like, holy crap, I got to buy more credits. So the uh, the first one I listened to was The Everything Store, which is about Amazon. It was written by uh, Brad Stone. So th- these are just suggestions. If you guys are – podcasts are great. I, I still listen to podcasts, but I've just been getting to audible books. Yeah, I hear I think you have too. Yep. Um, it really, especially if you're in business, can open your eyes. I'm not saying it de- directly rates, relates to architecture or, or not, but that book, The Everything Store, is absolutely amazing. The second one um, that was kind of referenced in that is Amazon kind of grew – out of stole a lot of people and modeled themselves after Walmart. So then I uh, listened to Sam Walton made in America by Sam Walton and how he did it too. Great lessons in there. The coolest part about that book that you and I talked about through some other conversation that related to it was uh, Sam Walton going into every store in every town and just picking their brain. And maybe that store had a terrible idea, but maybe there was one out of a hundred Yep. Of their terrible ideas. We're like, I'm using that. Yep. I, mean, I can't even remember why we were talking about that. I can't. It was something about like just meeting, meeting, uh, bankers or meeting, find, uh, loan oh, people. oh yes, yes. No, no. Meeting preferred lenders. Yeah. Yep. Like why would you meet with these people if you're not going to do business? I don't know. And what if I got, what if I get the best idea I've heard in 10 years? Yeah. I like looking at drawings too. So other people's drawings, other people's drawings. Me too. I, I love it. So I, on the entree architect <laughs> Facebook community, we, I feel like we somehow it comes up every time someone was talking about fireproofing details. Um, and I, and I won't say their name, but they said, yeah, we had to do like two whole sheets of it. So I private messaged this guy that I've never talked to before. He said, architect. Um, and I said, Hey, could you send me those sheets? You know, because I'm just interested in like two sheets of fireproofing details. I'm actually really interested in yeah. it. He's like, yeah, they're not uh, proprietary or anything. Sent me the, oh, the, I love it. The I, two just, I just see. So that kind of swings back to the, the listener question too, is like, I have a problem with like intellectual property. I don't believe there is such thing as intellectual you property. You communist Chinese. I know. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 That's like, right. I mean, it's like, yeah. So, you, you know, I, I only say that because it, it's a similar thought is that once you come up with something, it's for the benefit of all people. I'm not saying that you subscribe well, that or me. I mean, see, it's so easy to get in the weeds with somebody saying there's no intellectual property. And then somebody, somebody on the other side is going like, no, there is. Well, okay. How do you, how do you even, that's why I brought it up. Just how do you just, even, how do you even say this is, you know, and how do you even define an idea? Right. As a property, and philosophical. I mean, it's I just, it's just. Anyway, like. my point is, my point is, is that uh, it, these, the more free flowing ideas can be, especially, especially in the design community. I think, I think for the, the the quicker people can let go of that, the idea that we have to hold on to them, the better. See how see how it's benefiting. That's my point. Right, right, point. right. I love that. I love that he was just like, yeah, no, no, just take them. Well, especially if it's, I can see if you don't want to give an architect down the street or in your state information about how to do stuff um but if if you're in different states and it's like how to construct something how to make something better how to how to you know do something um i i don't see an issue with it e- even even like if if some people th- there's higher end firms like let's take zaha to D's firm does crazy forms right and they might not want to let out like how do we connect these crazy forms together and i'm not even saying like that is an architecture form form that should spread or not it's not about that that idea um it's about okay if we let them know how this works they might build more buildings like that 
Well, if you believe that your buildings are actually better, that seems like a good thing. But then it's going to, then it's going to create competition. Yeah, sure, I guess, maybe, maybe. But but for this like I don't know, the firm in Denver is not gonna for what we're doing small townhomes. It's not going to go to Pennsylvania <laughs> and hire a firm right. that does townhomes. Right. So think again, think about reality and what, what you're really doing. Um, bigger firms. I know there's competitions. We are out fishing and like there's people from competing firms and they're, you know, been friends for 10, 12 years. And it was like, man, I can't tell this person what we're doing. It's like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> like that's, I'll tell you anything. What do you want to know? I Give know. me some more Bud Light. I know. It's so, <laughs> so annoying. IP's crap. Anyway. <laughs> uh, last one. Sorry. So the Everything Store was amazing. Sam Walton Made in America was awesome. And then Shoe Dog, which is about Nike. Really good, too. And what but, was Phil, So Phil Knight, isn't he the owner or CEO? He is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he wrote it himself? He wrote oh, it. Oh, cool. Yep. And what was crazy about that one was it was literally... Um, Problem after problem after problem. And I'm sure some of that was edited down so like it made a great story. But it was like, holy cow, how are you going to get out of this? Holy cow, how are you going to get out of this? Holy cow, how are you going to get out of this? And all of these, what's consistent in all of these is that they had a high growth strategy. So Phil Knight, every time he got in enough money that he had sold shoes back in like the 70s, he'd take all that money. He's like, I'm buying all more shoes again. And the bankers hated it, especially back in that day. Because like venture capital was like a new non-existent thing. Seriously. And the bankers like, you don't have enough equity. Because every time he would basically bet the con- the company 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, How many developers, we've said several, when we were going after money, yep. so many developers would tell us that. As they were like, well, I, here's how I made it. I put my cards in all in. Yep. I mean, we are gamblers, man. Capitalists are gamblers. Yep. And then... Um, Sam Walton, what he would do is he goes, he brought discounting basically to America and he stole, and he even said this, he's like, I'd steal from everyone. So before you'd have variety stores where you'd come in and I'd be the guy behind the counter and you'd have to ask me what you wanted. And I would go and like give to and hand it to you. So he saw this idea in Minnesota where like, no, no, just put everything out and just check them out at the end. Like that was a new idea. Then there was another guy, some other place, who knows, Kansas, probably not Kansas, but we'll just give a shout out to all you Kansas <laughs> people. You know, there was the idea of discount, so bulk. So essentially he would go directly to the manufacturers, get a bulk order, and he said, we're only charging 30% of, you know, above what we got it for, no matter what. He goes, here's a secret. He goes, if you sell, um, let's just say three socks for, for five bucks, Right. So, and let's say they only cost a dollar each. So you made $2, right? If you sell four socks for four fifty, like now you only made 50 cents per that thing. He goes, you're going to make a ton more because people are going to buy more of that. I, I, you know, the, my example is a little bit off his math, which yeah, yeah, was yeah. probably better, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you get, yeah. so then what's crazy is that that related to Amazon too. Amazon was all about just high growth strategy after high growth strategy, competition, lowest price, lowest price for a consumer all the time. Um, and just massive, massive success. All, all three of those companies, right? Yeah. Learn so, from the best. Yeah. You literally, Al Gore is doing a design case study 
a capitalist case study of success. That's what he's doing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Check out check out those books. I don't even have to check them out because Al gives me the cliff notes. Yeah. See? When we drive. See, you see how we're partners here? And then, see, I, I don't have to do that. And therefore, I just uh, take yeah, it. You know, that's that's the part I get. Yep. So, man, so, it's been a couple of weeks. Speaking of books, should we go to Nick Reed? I think we should. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Art is always at its greatest before it reaches perfection. It is in that period when it struggles to assert itself that lies its power. Great art is always vibrant with spirit, vibrant with the joy of a vital idea. What we think of today is the perfect job. Tomorrow we will discard. The completed object, the material manifestation, is only a symbol of the creative power that gave it birth. The true reality lies wholly in the spirit, the vibrant power that we call the soul of the thing. Never force yourself into anyone else's pattern, but do only the things you like best to do until you become their master. Enter into the spirit of creation and produce what's fun. Suddenly you'll awaken to find that your design will be orderly beautiful, living, and you'll know that you've arrived. You will have found a peace in simple work that will live, a peace that comes to the blessed few. Ralph Twitchell A question. Tupac or Biggie? Toodles! Okay, I love that question. I my gut says Biggie. Which big, one? Which one? My, my gut says Biggie. But like Tupac. I I can't definitively say. I, I wanna say Biggie, but then you listen to some of Tupac and you're like, holy cow. I mean it's no Rihanna, but it's up there. Yeah. <laughs> that joke did not hit. Yeah. It's no Rihanna. It's no Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna is good. You needed you, you needed to do a Beyonce joke, right? Uh, Girls a, rule the world. Like, oh, Sorry, sorry for you, Beyonce fans. I know Nick's one of them. If you look at the God, lyrics Tupac of that song, there's only like eight words in it. Tupac or Biggie? Boy, that is a hmm. That is a what a deci- what a divisive question. How Nick, leading up to the midterm elections, look at you. How are you devising your yeah, divisive language? Exactly, your divisive language. Just kidding. I want um, both. I know exactly. I want both too. So I, and then have I, I want a concert where both of them come back because they're obviously not dead, right? Clearly alive, <laughs> but, but where they're rapping. both Bitcoin investors. They're, they're <laughs> rapping, but they're holding guns at each other the whole time. Wow, just really edgy. <laughs> That's real. Uh, I used to be a I so I'm I, I'm a huge fan of both, but I was first a fan of Tupac. So you know. It's a first loyalty. Your first love, you never get over it. Your first rapper, you never get over it. Yeah. So uh, I have to say Tupac just because of that. I didn't like Biggie until um, until literally like four or five years ago, and then I went on a I like I finally listened to album after album, and I was like, all right, he's really good. All right. My yeah. bad. My yeah. bad. My bad. Uh, art process. I have a question for you, Al. Yes, I got an answer. I feel like you like the process of art more than you like the product. Is that true? Whoa, interesting. I would say I don't like the term art. <laughs> Elaborate. Um, 
Be- because art in, in my opinion, which is just my opinion, is for its own sake or for a reaction from you, which can be considered an experience or a product or, or something like that. Okay, that's, that's great. Um, but you can apply artistic thoughts to things that do things like buildings, um, cars, spaceships, airplanes, all that. And I more enjoy that it's not for its own sake, that it's actually doing something. So art's fine, but I can almost care less a lot of times. Oh, man, I know. He's so... He's so silly. Everybody who's listening, he's so silly. And everybody who's listening, you should know Lance is a fine art lover, so much so that he and his wife have some giant paintings in their house that his wife has done uh, because they love art that much. And what it does for us is it brightens our day every day. Yeah. And Lance is, even though sometimes he's a jerk, he's a very happy man when he wakes up and just sees the art every morning. Have you heard of... So um, it does something for me. This new it, it did something for everybody who came to the open house tour. Yeah. Do you know what art they love the most? And you got yeah, everybody should everybody should check this uh, movie out if they haven't already. So there's two Banksy movies, but they loved uh, one is on YouTube and one is on Netflix, I believe. Uh they loved out of all the art, the Banksy art. And it made yeah. me think like, wow, nobody has any Banksy art in their house. That's freaking cool. Only yeah. I have Banksy art. We have this huge collage of Banksy art. If you've yep. never heard of Banksy, I don't know who you are and you're listening to this podcast, but check out, you should check out uh, through, I think it's through the glass door or something. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. And there's another one right. that's called Banksy, Banksy, Banksy does New York or like 30 days in New York with Banksy or something. Did you, do you remember, do you, have you watched that? It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the way it like made, it was right, it was with the rise of social media. Yep. So what he would do is he would tweet, he would on his Instagram, he would post a picture of it, yep. his artwork. And then all of Manhattan would go search for it that day. Yep. People were cutting out pieces of their building. Yeah. You know this? I did. I did. And selling it. Yep. On on the open market. Did, did you hear what he just did with with the, with the painting that shredded? Yeah. But did, yes. But did you? Yeah. So if you haven't heard of this, everybody should look up this painting that he had. That so they showed behind the scenes of how it worked, right? Yeah. So like they did all these test runs of. It's it's the famous one of of uh, the little girl holding a balloon, yeah, the red balloon, and so they did all these test runs of like, okay, we're, we're, we had the remote ready because yeah. somebody in the audience had the remote, and then when they bought somebody bought it in the auction, it was supposed to shred the whole thing and only shredded half of it, yeah, at that point. So we was and it was they admitted it like this was a malfunction, but yeah. now it's even worth even more. They bought it for like eight hundred thousand. Now it's gonna be worth like one point two or one point three. Yeah. Um, so it, okay, here's, here's the movie. Sorry, one, one thing. I'm interrupting Lance today. Yeah. It is, uh, look up Exit Through the Gift Shop, which is awesome. It's sort of like a Banksy knockoff one. And then the next one is called Banksy Does New York. And that one is the one I watched this last weekend. Super cool. Yep. And actually, uh, the art itself doesn't annoy me. As much. <laughs> listen, listen. That's not the main thing. What, what, what set me off is why do architects have to somehow, um, when they say they're an, an artist, it's almost more grand. Why can't you own that you're an architect and that that is a high form? Like, you know, you're not a architect. You're an artist. Like. I, I I don't know. It, it's all, this isn't a great analogy. Like, uh, 
It's almost like saying, I'm not a pitcher, I'm an outfielder. You know, like, don't you, uh, <laughs> why do you have to, you know, I'm a baseball. Okay. All but, right. but, but like, why, why do you think art is higher than what you're doing? Right. Why? Like, does that make you more special? Does it put you on a pedestal? Yeah. I don't know. Because here's that's, what, that's, here's, here's, I'd say that's here's where what, it stems here's, here's, from. Here's, I don't even know if, I don't even know if you're asking, you're really asking a question. If you are, I'll I answer am. it. My I question am. is, I think, I think that, um, a lot of people, I think the majority of people when they look at a piece of art that they can't make, yep. be, that makes the art special. And then therefore by virtue of that art being special and something that they can't create, that artist is special and it is on a higher level of creationist person. Sure. And then, then they see the architect like, and they go, Oh, I could build that. So then they're not special. Yep. Okay. Um, sure. But anyways, I, I'm trying to tell all you architects, you are special enough. You don't need to claim that you're an artist. You can just say I'm an architect, and that's good enough. And in my view, that's it's amazing. I've always that, held I've always held the term entrepreneur as the as the highest in my world. Like, oh, you're, you're oh yeah, entrepreneur. Like, you know, what I mean, that just you encompass everything at that point. Like, you are the person who makes the. You're one of the. You're the cog maker, man. Yep. And and the other thing too, and and why my reaction is more a pushback of something that I feel like is forced too much down our throat. So when I was at this conference, multiple people kept saying like. You know what? To revitalize this area, we, we need to keep the artists. We need to keep the artists. Longmont did a building, and they dedicated part of this new building to just artists. Nobody's I, occupying that space, by the way. I drive by there almost yeah. weekly. And, and, <laughs> and here's a, they. I'm sure there's books. I think Richard Florida did one, the, create, the create, creative class. Yeah. Uh, yep. And how, you know, hey, if you have artists, you have a vibrant economy. You know what? It's probably the other way around. If you have a vibrant economy, you, you have, have enough capital to have to have artists i just don't see especially when you define what they're actually doing and take architect out of that because architects are actually producing a building man that's if you had if if you filled up a downtown with 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 artists unless people are buying like you're not you're not making you're not doing what they all say is you, you can just save a city and they'll be like, that's not what we're saying. Yes, I've been to these conferences. You're, you are basically saying, we need to save this city by having more artists. More artists, more artists are going to save the city. No, it's just going to make it funner on the weekend so when you can go look at it. Yeah. If, if, if you have an economy that you can afford to do that. So have there's you, all my pushback. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you one little story too. So yeah. uh, this, the city that we operate in, um, in the 80s, so what happens is these city council members and mayors and stuff, they go to they go to these conferences and it's like the League of Cities conferences. So they get all these grand ideas from these other other cities, right? Some of them good, some of them bad. And one of these ideas that they got was that they should be doing more art and they should dedicate one percent of their of the budget in a, in a, from a certain from the capital investment fund. So like if you're the fund that is supposed to go towards help uh, keeping maintaining the city buildings, right, and city property. So they started doing that. And the first installation they did is they put all these go- these geese around town. So we have these giant geese around town. They have, and now the la- latest, and I know Alice is looking at me. And uh, <laughs> don't you love it? <laughs> You're fine art. You said fine art. I'm a fine so, art connoisseur. So there's another, <laughs> the latest installment, and this has been an ongoing thing, is you've seen all these, there's these uh, transformers. So they're like the elect. Think of an electrical box, a green one that you've seen maybe in the city you live in, right? Well, now they pay artists to paint them. 
So it's called the Shock Box Art Program. Nice. Program. I like the name. I like the gimmick. I like the name. My wife hates those boxes. So why? She doesn't like that they're painted. She's like, I just want a regular. <laughs> I actually agree with her because they blend it. Now, now I'm forced to look at them because they're you know made like a Rubik's cube or there's something on there. I'm yeah. like, I could have just not looked at that. Yeah. Um, okay. This relates back okay. to our question the, from the listener. Yep. Because in that quote, art has spirit in it, right? And prefab, think about prefab. I'm not saying prefab can't have spirit, but Daniel Lipskin, my old boss, who I really like, and I, I don't buy the main criticism. All he does is the same thing over and over again. Like, what do you think your firm does? Get out of here. Every That's firm has a style. Come on. Get out of Shed here. Roofs F9. Yeah. So <clears throat> our, they had Daniel design a prefab building. Yes, they did. And it looked crazy. We don't even need to talk about the architecture, but I'm like, oh, they're not going to build a hundred of those because once you build a hundred of them, one, it'd be too expensive. Like, let's just get that out there, right? Two, a hundred things in in spirit put next to each other kind of lessens the uniqueness and the spirit of it. Like if you just duplicated the Grand Canyon a hundred times, you'd be like, this maybe isn't as special as we thought. So what I'm getting at is that if you want an artist commission, you might not be in the commodity business. You might not be. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. What do we got next now? A-R-E Jeopardy. Let's bring in the boys. All right. Here we go, guys. What material has the highest R value per inch? A. Open cell spray foam. B, closed cell spray foam. C, extruded poly... Styrene. There we go, styrene. I knew that. D, vacuum. As you can tell, Al's on the chopping block because of his reading skills. Exactly. I should be... Can you give me that... uh, What material has the highest R value per inch? Do you want all the answers? Okay, we have one yes. A, open cell spray foam. B, closed cell spray foam. C, extruded polystyrene. D, vacuum. What do we have? Wait, wait, sorry. Are we all ready? Thumbs up? Okay. C, C, B. The answer is B, closed cell spray foam. Zero, zero, one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't choose vacuum because it's not a material. That's, I wanted someone to do that and Smart. say, Correct, but it's not a material, so wrong. Uh, <clears throat> number two, stress, which tends to make two members or two parts of a member slide past each other, is called A, compression, B, tension, C, torsion, D, shear. Again, stress, which tends to make two members or two parts of a member slide past each other. Is known as A, compression, B, tension, C, torsion, D, shear. I hope people are shouting it out in their car driving yeah. driving to work. It's Q, Q. Say Q. We have D. We have D. We have D. You are all correct. 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 All right. 
So what do we got? One, one, two. Yep. One, one, two. Number three, the physical property which causes the superstructure of a building to remain in its original position while the base is moved by an earthquake's ground motion is known as A, elasticity, B, inertia, C, remination, D, stagnation. The physical property which causes the superstructure of a building to remain in its original position while the base is moved by an earthquake's ground motion is known as A, elasticity, B, inertia, C, remission, D, stagnation. Mm-hmm. Shout out your answers, everyone. We can hear you. Yell loud. Yep. Even if you're in the office, just start screaming. Yep. Especially if you're in a meeting. Yep. Uh, C, A, and C. The correct answer is B, inertia. Look at that. Back to phase... Back to back to physics class, boys. Okay, still uh, one one two. Here we go. <clears throat> Number four, the moisture content at which soil. Should we explain that why it is inertia? If you B- can, yeah. So uh, the property which the, causes the superstructure of a building to remain in its original position uh, while the base is moved. So the base is moving, but the original one is because the uh, the inertia of it is stagnant. So it's not moving yet, even though the bottom is. Exactly. Yeah. But yep. it will. But right? then, yep. But then it will go because of an inertia after it. It's I like, got yeah. I have a bonus question too. If there's a tie based on that, cool. Uh, a definition, which is interesting because I remember this. Why do I remember this? Because I crushed the structurals part. If I could get my test scores back once you again, swear number one, number one yep. in the country. All right, number four. The moisture content at which a soil starts to change from a plastic to a semi-liquid state is known as A, liquid limit, B, liquefaction, C, saturation, D, loose limit. I think we've done this one, so they should know. They should know. Also, instead of screaming your answer, Uh get next to someone and just whisper. Yeah, creepily. Someone that's not listening, just whisper into their ear. You guys, one more, answers one more time? I'm going to repeat the question for the listeners. Number four, the moisture content at which a soil starts to change from a plastic to a semi-liquid state. A, liquid limit. B, liquefaction. C, saturation. D, loose limit. Know what? Instead of whispering A, B, or C, or D, whisper the actual answer. (laughs) All right. Uh, A, A, and C. The correct answer is A. We are all tied up. Wow. Okay. Jason, how does it feel to have that fly ball come straight to you? No one else around. It just drop <laughs> over your head. Nice. Uh, okay, I got to write some quick answers here. Um, just pause it. Or you got it. You're that quick. I'm that quick. I got one more here. Um, all right. Something boy. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so here's here's the here's the question, <clears throat> and it's going to relate to uh, number three, which was uh, the inertia question. Okay. So this is a tiebreaker. So literally, the first person to buzz in, and and you buzz in by raising your hand, so raise, I can see. Raise your, you'll raise your hand. Oh, I say write it and show. Write it and show. The first person to write it and show will be called upon, right? Then the second person first is right. like, let's say the first. Well, if they get it wrong, that's why. So like, let's say Mark goes first with yeah. A and it's wrong, and then Jason's with B and he beat Gresh, and they both said B, then Jason would win. Okay. Okay. My eyes are on you guys. Okay. What is... Uh, when an earthquake occurs and the bottom and the base of the building moves and the top of the building moves later 
when the building goes from side to side, right? So now it's going from side to side. Imagine that. So what is the what is the distance from uh, when a building goes from side to side in an earthquake swinging back and forth known as, all right? Is it A, period, B, pause, C, moment frame, D, bouncy boy? That is right. The correct answer is A, Mark. It is the period. It is known as a period. I would even accept, while he was reading it, I wrote down period. And if you held up period. Yep. 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 Exactly. Mentioned. All right. We got our winner. We got our winner. So a, let's just wrap good, it up. That was, so, a, that was a good round. Yeah, wrap it up, Al. Thanks for listening. If you appreciate this, if you just love our voices so much that you can't get enough, go to RevitRocketShip.com. Buy that program. You'll learn Revit. Um, so that's great. Also, if you don't want to hear us anymore, if you hate our voice but love what we say, go to Amazon.com. Get the Creativity Code. It's a book about design and all that, and you'll love that. So thanks for listening. That's all I got, Lance. I have uh, go to go to Inside the Firm podcast. Uh, look, if you look that up on on Facebook, there's a, there's a group. People have been joining it. We I think we're at 77 members now. We'd love to get that up by 100 by the end of the year. Um, so we keep growing that group. And then if you if you there's a certain episode that you liked or you loved, it was your favorite one. Please let your friends know. Please let uh, your students know if you're a professor teaching. I know we have a couple of them that, that listen to this podcast. So we can help the fir- help the podcast grow and uh, share experiences with everybody and make better architects, better business owners, all that good stuff. See you next week.